Welcome to the Justin News Podcast. My name is Justin Cross, and today my guest, he is a Democrat running for the United States Senate in the great state of Georgia. He's also worked as an investigative journalist and media executive. John Ossoff, thank you so much for being my guest on the Justin News Podcast. Hey, Justin. Thanks for having me, man. Uh, so, John, I got to ask, um, people may know you from 2017. You ran uh, for, for the House of Representatives in Georgia's 6th Congressional District. Uh, it was a very Republican district at the time. Uh, you, you fell a little short by a few points, um, but you made history. I know from a fundraising standpoint, it was a, it was a huge race in, in that way. But also, and I don't know if you know this, just my own research, but uh, you also made history because you were the youngest politician in the state of Georgia at age 30 to be mean tweeted by a sitting president of the United States. Uh, how did that feel? And, and did you go with, go out with and, and celebrate with your now wife, uh, with some drinks at like Ruby Tuesday? It was pretty wild, man. I mean, I had thought that there was going to be a lot of energy out there. You know, folks were initially despairing after Trump's victory, but looking for an outlet, looking for some way to fight back and push back. And uh, I recognized that and anticipating that that energy was waiting to be unleashed was a big part of why I ran in a district that previously had been considered unwinnable. I mean, I was 29 years old when I got in the race. Six weeks before I got in the race, the incumbent Republican congressman had been reelected by 24 percent. This was Newt Gingrich's district, Republican since 1978. So no one, you know, national Democrats, local Democrats thought it was going to be competitive, let alone winnable. But then something extraordinary happened. And, you know, hundreds of thousands of people got behind me. More than 13,000 volunteers got engaged in the race. And in six months, we swung the district by 20 percent with the full fury of the National Republican Party focused on defending it. And they had to send down the president, the vice president, the speaker of the House to defend Georgia's 6th district. And I lost that race narrowly, but we laid the foundations for future victories in state legislative races across the region and built infrastructure that's of enduring value to Democrats here in Georgia. You're exactly right. And and actually, your race reminds me a lot of like some of the races that that sort of came after that with Beto and Stacey Abrams and Andrew Gillum. Like, you know, you you fell a little short, but but it was such uh, an incredible change of momentum in such a conservative place. But was it, I have to wonder, like, was it, was it kind of crazy? I mean, that, like you said, that was your first race. You were 29 when you entered it. Like, did it ever feel kind of overwhelming when you're like, holy shit, like all these people, you know, the president's tweeting about, like, did you ever like wake up and like, you know, like, wait, my, my Wikipedia page says what? Like, I didn't say that. I mean, I remember one morning, it might have been, because remember, there were two rounds in this race, right? There was a, a jungle primary where it was me against 17 other candidates. And if I cleared 50%, uh, then that would clinch the seat. Then there was a runoff between me and Karen Handel. I think it was maybe one of the election days uh, when you know, we got in the car in the morning, and I think that the president had already attacked me on Twitter several times and it was just to kind of take a deep breath and what is going on here type of moment i just i just i can only like that is um i'll just say it right now that's a, that's a life goal of mine is to get mean tweeted by donald trump and um 
I He's just, very thin skin, Justin. You might be able to get it done. <laughs> I know. I thought about that. Like, if I became like a big MAGA supporter, I, I feel like I could keep all of my sort of angry Trump tweets, just just change it for like two weeks straight and become a diehard Trump supporter. And I feel like he would retweet me at some point, just not knowing what the hell he was retweeting. I think he retweets bots. So that might be your ticket. <laughs> there we go. Just burner accounts. Well, let's talk about, I, I want to talk about Georgia in just a second, but I'm, I also want to ask you something that folks may not know as much about, which is your background uh, in film. And, and you are a, a media executive and you're also an investigative journalist. Uh, I, I checked out right before the interview, uh, I checked out the the website that you work for, the, the company that you work for. Um, and it is, it is uh, just some amazing pieces that you guys have done in Africa uh, about ISIS. Tell folks a little bit about what your background is and in that world and how it informs the world of, of politics for you. Yeah, I appreciate it. So in 2013, I became the CEO of a company called Insight TWI. Founded in 1991, we produce undercover anti-corruption investigations and frontline conflict reports in war zones for international television broadcasters. And, you know, I lead a team of producers who have investigated um, ISIS war crimes in northern Iraq, who have investigated quack doctors who kill and mutilate women, human traffickers, high-level political and corporate corruption. And we produce these investigations and then we sell them internationally to television broadcasters. And it is some of the most rewarding work I've ever done because we collect the hardcore evidence of people committing crimes or abusing the public trust or engaging in appalling corruption. And we then take it to the public and we demand accountability. And holding people accountable when they abuse their power is what I am most passionate about. And the sense that the abuse of power is out of control in our political system, particularly with the election of Donald Trump to the presidency, was what drew me into politics to run in 2017 and it's why i'm running now yeah i i I, i'm glad you talked about that you you mentioned corruption and i watched some interviews with you and you you mentioned that in several interviews i feel like you know i i interview different politicians and i try to find okay what is what is the thing that they seem to be talking about is it a specific issue like health care or jobs or whatever it is your central issue seems to to be corruption because it seems as if uh, the Republican incumbent, David Perdue, uh, is uh, like the sewer himself. Like, you know, he seems like a super corrupt individual. Talk a little bit about like, I'm wondering with when it comes to that kind of thing, how do you expose it? I mean, you've done it as, as a journalist, but like, how do you expose it on a, in a political world? And then also say you are elected to the United States Senate. How do you like change how people view, at least in your home state, politics you know when when they have such a sour taste from corruption and they 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 are cynical by nature because of the history of 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 some of the politicians there it's a great question and one of the interesting things is that the corruption is just there in plain sight right so when 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 the team that i lead and my company produces for example an undercover anti-corruption investigation we have to send in reporters with secret cameras to document corruption, to document corrupt exchanges or bribery of a solicitation of bribes. Here in American politics now, it's all publicly reported. You can go on the FEC website and see how much my opponent, 
Republican Senator David Perdue has raised from insurance or pharmaceutical industry PACs. In fact, the FEC has penalized him for taking illegal amounts of money from corporate PACs. And the reason that I talk so much about corruption is not just because of my background and the work that I've done in the private sector fighting corruption. It's because so many of the issues that we discuss are linked because it's political corruption that's preventing us from making progress. And look, I I focus on kitchen table issues that affect people's daily lives. People can't afford healthcare and prescription drugs. They can't afford housing. Well, why can't they afford healthcare and prescription drugs? Why does Congress fail despite having the power to improve people's lives, to crack down on price gouging by drug companies? Why does Congress fail to ensure, for example, that we've got a strong public insurance option so that everyone can afford insurance and so that insurance companies face real competition. It's because of the political power and the financial power of those industries. And if we are not able to reform our campaign finance system, if we are not able to refuse the malign influence of corporate money in politics, we're not gonna solve these problems. That's why the Citizens United decision really ties a lot of this together. We now operate in a world where dark money, secret money floods into these races. If you're at home watching political advertising, you're not entitled now to know who's paying for it, what their agenda is, or what corrupt deal was done to get the money. And if we can't unpick that, if we can't root this corruption out, we're not going to solve these key issues, whether it's making healthcare affordable and universal, whether it's solving climate change. I mean, look at the power of the fossil fuel industry. It's It ties so much of what we're struggling to overcome together. Today's podcast is brought to you by Bernie Sanders, president of the United States in 2032. At 91 years young, Bernie will finally become president, running on the campaign slogan, I will continue to yell at you people until you make me president. Bernie Sanders, just let him have it. A lot of souls wonder how we got here. To us it seemed like the choice was so clear, but 60 million citizens, they voted for fear, and now the Wild West is back and it's a new frontier. Well, and, and John, I gotta ask, um, what about you know? I know you are you're in a, a primary with several other contenders there, and I actually I happened to interview uh, one of your competitors, uh, Mayor Ted Terry, and uh, you know I said to him, you know, Ted, you've got great hair, and and John, I have to say, <laughs> you also have great hair. And in fact, I Thank looked you. at I looked at the whole Democratic uh, side of it, and and you guys. You guys all have great hair, and, and besides besides asking you what product you use, which I will do in a minute, uh, I'm wondering how do you. Thank s- you for giving me time to prepare for that. By I, the way, I, I, I have want, no idea. Yeah, <laughs> you just wake up and it's naturally beautiful. I get it. I get it. Um, no, but like, how do you stand out among among? Uh, I think you know some candidates that are, are have done some things. You know, certainly Ted has done some things um, on a mayoral standpoint. They're pretty progressive. How do you stand out um, with with a field like that? Look, I think that there is broad public awareness that the depth of political corruption in this country is unacceptable, and that it's driving so much of the incompetence and dysfunction and abuse that we see in government and in Congress. And so as someone with a track record of fighting corruption all over the world and exposing corruption 
all over the world. I'm going to bring that experience into the Senate to root out corruption in American politics so that then we can solve problems like ensuring every American has health care, like addressing this environmental crisis where pollution and emissions are destroying the planet. I mean, I reflect sometimes on how divided the country is, how mean-spirited politics has become, this sense that we're so deeply polarized. But then I reflect on my experience traveling the state, and almost everyone, no matter their party, their race, their background, whether they're in a rural, urban, suburban area, they talk about the same problems. They raise the same issues. They face the same daily challenges. And here in Georgia, we are actually much more united on a lot of these issues than you might think. An overwhelming majority of Georgians support Roe v. Wade and a woman's right to choose. An overwhelming majority of Georgians believe you should have to pass a basic criminal history check to purchase a firearm. An overwhelming majority of Georgians believe we need to make massive investments in infrastructure and clean energy and transportation to revolutionize our infrastructure and save the environment. And the reason these things aren't getting done is because there is so much money flowing to politicians from people who stand to lose if we make the changes we need to make. And that's the case I'm taking across the state. Last thing before I, I have a, a little segment I want to do with you, and I know we're, we're running a little short on time here. So um, I want to get to my extremely important segment called Three Stupidly Lazy Questions to Fill Time, but may also reveal something surprisingly interesting or insightful about who you are as a person. Um, which is a title that just rings off the tongue. But uh, <laughs> I'm wondering, how the hell do you work? I mean, if you're in the U.S. Senate and you have to work with Mitch McConnell, how do you, what is, what is like your basic philosophy in trying to, trying to get things done when it comes to a person like Mitch McConnell and a party that, that is purposely just, you know, generally trying to do the opposite? Look, when I'm in the Senate, if Mitch McConnell is still in the Senate or still the leader, or if Donald Trump is still in the White House, uh, and we're going to work hard to make sure that that doesn't happen. But if he is reelected and I'm in the Senate, if if Republican leadership or Republican senators or Republican president puts forward a proposal that's going to serve the people of Georgia, I'm ready to support it. I'm not running to be a partisan soldier. I'm running to deliver for my constituents. So, for example, on infrastructure. If Republicans in Congress want to support an infrastructure bill that's going to invest in clean energy and transit and transportation and preparing Georgia's coastline for increased storm surge and wind damage from climate change and reforestation and affordable housing and all the things that we need to do in this country, if they want to work together on that, I'm ready to do it. And I always hold out the possibility that people can change and, you know, Maybe we will see a Republican Party after Trump that comes to its senses. We need a strong Republican Party in the United States. We need two parties that are committed to serving the public interest. Maybe they have different governing philosophies. But right now, we've got a GOP that's all about enabling this president. It's, it's about personal loyalty, not principle. You've got senators like my opponent who's done a 180 on a whole range of issues because suddenly he's following a president who is pursuing an agenda that's totally different from what David Perdue ran on, whether it's on trade or deficits. So 
the GOP needs to gut check here and needs to find some moral compass and some backbone because this president is leading the GOP to ruin. I sure as hell hope, you know, if you are the nominee uh, in the party that you kick David Perdue's ass, okay? Because I honestly, uh, he apparently lives on a private island in Georgia, and uh, I used to drive that corridor from Jacksonville to Atlanta all the time. And uh, I'd always just drive through it being like Sea Island, Georgia, who lives there? And apparently it's it's jerks like him. So, um, okay, I, Justin, let me just I know you yeah. got to get to the fun segment and yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm eagerly awaiting it, obviously. But I just want to <laughs> make one more point about David Perdue, because there's something else you got to know about him. And we're talking about political corruption here. Right. So as you point out, this is a guy who lives on a private island. Fine. You know, people live where they want to live in five years as our senator. This guy has not come down from that private island once to hold a public town hall meeting. But if you want to speak with your senator as a constituent, as a Georgian, a couple months ago he was selling access at lunch for $100,000 a seat. Oh, man. That is not a joke. $100,000 to bend the ear of your senator. That is corruption. Justin, I don't know how much money you got. If, if, if I'm sure podcasting is lucrative, if you couldn't <laughs> afford a hundred grand to speak to the senator, you could get a photo for him. Do you know how much that costs? Oh God, I hope it, it definitely not in a podcaster's budget. That's for damn sure. Uh, you, you could get a photo with Senator Purdue for thirty-five grand. <laughs> That's what I mean when I say that the corruption is in plain sight. That is insane. That is that puts Pete Buttigieg's wine wine caves into real perspective right there. I think. <laughs> <laughs> Does Georgia have any wine caves? I mean, I'm sure David Perdue's hanging out in one right now. Uh, I, I think that as the effects of climate change continue to progress, actually, Georgia's going to have a a more robust wine industry. <laughs> Jeez. Today's podcast is brought to you by Capital Grill, the sizzling hot new spinoff restaurant from the folks who brought you Capital Chill. Come on in this Tuesday for a grand opening, featuring stomach-shattering new dishes like the Bredo O Fork, which is an enormous bowl of fried bread scraps tossed with cheddar cheese, garlic salt, and six pounds of butter. Other exciting options include the Slidin' Biden Sliders, Featuring aged beef topped with aged Gruyere cheese, which have been assembled and aged for 12 hours under extreme heat lamps. Make sure to top it off with our tangerine-flavored ice cream, Trump Clumps, served in the hugest bowl you've ever seen. Trust us, we know bowls. It's huge. Capital Grill. Clog your arteries with fat and puns. So here's a question, a check I'd like to cash in. How is one man's hatred another man's passion? How do we lose touch so much with our nation that the color of our skin is any indication of who we are or what we think or how we'll act? In fact, I've been trying to believe it's all Well, well, I, I do, uh, just in, in the sake of time, I do want to get to this extremely important, you know, we could talk climate change, healthcare, jobs, education all day. But really what I, I got to ask you about, John, what hair product do you use? Man, I have no idea, and I can't go and look at it while I'm sitting on the <laughs> microphone with you. So it's not a, it's it's some kind of gel, and I don't use much. Okay. <laughs> um, 
Okay. See, I, I thought you would be a pomade guy, but um, fair enough. Fair I don't enough. even know what pomade is. <laughs> See, people, that's how down to earth John Ossoff is right there. Um, David Perdue, pomade guy. Um, number two, I got to ask. Uh, so I read up, I found this, uh, that you and your wife uh, went to school. Both of you went to Georgetown, and she played ultimate frisbee. Uh I got to ask, do you play ultimate yourself? I did in high school. Actually, my wife, though, was on the uh, U.S. national team. And she won the national championship with her club team uh, a few years back. She She's an OBGYN doctor and has zero time for sports now. Oh, so wow. uh, she has retired. Um, but... She's an amazing athlete. She was a gymnast growing up, and then she became an amazing frisbee player and, and competed internationally. That's wild. See, okay, so I have I have a I played ultimate growing up as well, just like high school. And a buddy of mine, uh, this guy named Brody Smith, has like made it all over YouTube doing like frisbee shots and stuff. But he's like a famous guy. I'm sure they know each other. Um, this is this is like I, I, I've, I've absolutely. Did you go to Amherst? He went to, no, he went to University of Florida. He went to Florida. But uh, okay. he's, he's like a trick shot guy. He's been on ESPN, like with their highlights and stuff. But he also played it at a really like super high level. And, uh, I, you know, this is like six degrees to Kevin Bacon right here. I'm just saying. They've, got, they've actually got like a, a pro league now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, it's, it's, um, it's, uh, can I tell you something? Ultimate Frisbee, from what I can tell, much more lucrative than podca- podcasting. So I, I mean, don't know, man. I think you're doing fine. I think that if you want to get a photo with David Perdue, you can you can show up <laughs> thirty five grand. Oh God, oh that's terrible. Um, I, I'd rather buy Don Junior's book. Um, so, last question. Actually, two more quick questions for you. Uh, you grew up in the '90s. You're a '90s guy. What was your favorite TV show from the '90s? Doug. Ooh. And and I will and I will fight Doug over Rugrats any day. Yeah, yes. it's it's not even close, and it's 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 personal for me. See, that's that's see. I know I'm older than you because I was a I was a I was a Simpsons guy. That was my show growing up, um, and I wasn't even allowed to watch The Simpsons. See, and that's why you're a successful like politician <laughs> and 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 journalist, and and you know I'm I'm in uh, I'm, I'm I'm interviewing you though, so that's something. Um, Let's see. Oh, okay. Uh, karaoke. Do you have a karaoke song? Uh, you know, my uh, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna blow up his spot by naming him on this show, but um, he knows who he is. And uh, my freshman year roommate in college and I, if we ever get to meet up, and we don't get to see each other as much as we used to, but always be my baby, Mariah Carey every time oh man wow that's a deep cut right there that's a deep cut john that is probably uh one of the top three pop songs of the 1990s that's amazing it really is okay last question uh we got the last presidential debate tonight before iowa i'm not going to ask you who you're who you're cheering for or anything but i just want to know how does john ossoff watch the democratic debate i mean do you are you like most people and and do you do you watch it like uh, with like a 12 pack of Coors Light and, and, and you paint like your favorite politician across your chest or how, how do you do it? So I'm going to be super real with you right now. And I, I, I have not yet actually watched one of the debates. Oh, really? 
Does that blow your mind? Yeah, why? Why the hell haven't you done that? I'm a little busy. Oh, yeah. I, I, I catch the highlights, though. I, you know, I'll, I'll like the, the, the key moments and kind of what, what everyone's saying on the key issues. But I have not had time to sit down and actually watch one in full. So, John, I'm, I'm not far from you right now. I live in Gulfport, Mississippi. Don't ask me why. But uh, if this politician, if this whole, like, U.S. Senate thing doesn't work out for you, just let me know. We'll, we'll watch a debate together, okay? I'll, I'll, buy, I'll buy a 12-pack of cores. We'll do it, okay? I'm just saying. Got it, man. It's a deal. <laughs> I know when a politician's lying to me. Um, thank you. You'll have eight, and I'll have four. um i'm a lightweight um believe it or not john thank you so much um for being on the podcast and having some fun with me i know i know it's obviously there's a ton of serious stuff going on in the world and you've done it in in an investigative journalist fashion um and and you've you're gonna hopefully do it as as a united states senator um thank you so much for being on the podcast and where can people check you out find out contribute to the campaign and uh and and support uh support you I appreciate it, Justin. It was great to be on, and I hope I can join you again. So everyone who is listening at home or on the road or in a car or wherever you are, just know that this too shall pass. We're going to build a better world together, a more just world together, and we can do it. And if you want to help me uh, play a small part that I can here in Georgia, it's electjohn.com, electjon.com. Let's beat corrupt Senator David Perdue, a puppet for this president, and elect some decent leadership to the U.S. Senate.